Hello, and welcome to, I guess we'll call this the 39th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast, rather than a bonus episode, right? Was last week 38 or 39? It was 38. Okay. Then yeah, So this is 30. Okay. Uh, So this, welcome to the 39th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are your Queen Bees. Um, Well, it's only been a few days since we last recorded. (laughs) Like two days. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? When going to the movies is all we have to do, That's we great. can do it the next day. Yeah. Well, I did have to wait. So I am a movie pass user. I've oh. been hanging on through all now of the Now you have turbulence. been limited, right? Yeah. So it's been kind of a crazy summer for movie pass. It's like, so for those of you who don't know what movie pass is, I would imagine most of you do. But basically, like the idea of it was that you're, you pay $9 a month and you were supposed to be able to see... When I signed up, it was, you can see a movie a day for $9 a month, which I was like, okay. Oh, so you could not do a double feature? No. Okay. Which, like, at the time was the only restriction. Like, you could only see one movie per day. Which, um, like, and you couldn't who see, does that anymore anyway? Right. And you could not see 3D movies or IMAX movies with the movie pass. Who cares? I hate that right. 3D. Well, <laughs> and so in this area, like, even if you only saw one movie a month, that was still worth it because, like, usually a movie is about, like, 12 or $14. So it was like, okay. I think okay. it is, like, closer to 14 Yeah. Mo- I mean, most theaters that I go to end up being closer to 14 And so, yeah, so it was – you could – I mean, so it was, like, even if you only saw one movie. And especially during Oscar season, I tend to see, like, quite a few movies in a short amount of time. So – Right. Um. It was a nice thing. So I signed up probably in like February and – but like since then, they've had all these issues like particularly with all the blockbusters that have come out like Avengers and like Black Panther and stuff. People – like at first, like you were allowed to see a movie as many times as you wanted. You just couldn't see it more than once in one day. So I think what was happening – what like I personally saw Black Panther twice using MoviePass and they – so first they took that away. So you're part of the problem. I was. <laughs> um, even though so I was only saying. really going to see like maybe like at most like three movies in a month probably. Um, but that's a lot. I mean that that's like – I mean I always knew that MoviePass like they were buying information about people, right? Like that was the right. thing. Yeah, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before and like – my understanding of it from what I'd heard was that they were kind of betting on um, the information they're collecting to end up being very valuable. And I think that, like, they just grew faster than they expected is what happened. I think you're probably right. But I also think – And their, their type of user might have never, changed. Sustainable. Well, definitely possible to. It was never going to be sustainable. I mean – yeah. I think anybody who got MoviePass knew that this was a matter of time and think, they just had to use the hell out of yeah. this thing. I think when they started it, I think most of the users were probably a lot of indie moviegoers and that was kind of their imagining oh. was that a lot of people like, you know, they'll spend money to go and see the Avengers or something. Like a lot of families will do that. But they won't ne- – because movies are so expensive, they won't necessarily go out and spend money to see like eighth grade. They might say like, I'll wait Which for that. everyone should. Right. So they they were thinking – I think a lot of times like about like that 
in more indie moviegoer. And then maybe they grew into more having more blockbuster users because then they started limiting the show times that were available or they tried like surge price. It's just been like a whole thing. But their latest thing is they haven't upped the price, but like they limit the number of movies that you can choose from per day. And you're limited now to three movies per month, which I'm still like, again, like if I only see one movie a month, it's worth it. How much do you pay again? Nine dollars or about ten dollars a month. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, definitely worth it. It's fine. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I mean like the limiting of the like blockbusters doesn't really bug me, but I did have to like we had to kind of plan when Crazy Rich Asians was gonna be available for us. Because luckily it is doing very well. So it's like really a positive that we I wasn't able to just go and see it. I had to wait until it was one of the movie pass movies that day. Um, speaking of movies, I just wanted to bring up an m- indie movie corner. Oh, Has, have you seen RBG yet? No, but I heard it's amazing. And also, I did see a preview when I went to see Crazy Rich Asians for. Have we talked about that they're making a movie about the famous Ruth Bader Ginsburg case where she argues for sex yes. discrimination? About yeah, they're making a movie about that. Is it about the paternity, right? It's the one – it it's about the case that you sent me that podcast about. Oh, the beer case? Yeah. The one that she argued in front of the Supreme Court. Really? Wow. I'm surprised. I, I mean, like- I'm pretty sure – because I know that in the preview it shows her saying, like, this is about sex discrimination against a man. Yeah, it could also be this paternity rights case she did, which are the, I bet is the one that it is. Is, just is that also about childcare and like assuming that that it's female? Yeah. Then it's that one because they say yeah. that in the um in the preview. But um, Army Hammer is playing her husband. Her husband, I just got chills. He seems like a gem about him. He <laughs> is an absolute preview, gem. Seems like a gem. He's a gem in the documentary too. I mean, he's the best. But yeah, I know that case, basically the background is um, this guy, his wife dies, and um, when she dies, he now is the primary caregiver of his child, but Mm -hmm. he isn't eligible for her social security benefits. Oh. That's what what that case is about. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I recommend it to everyone. I watched it with both my parents. The documentary, you mean? The documentary. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably will recommend the other one as well. Um, I do really want to see it. I need to go up to the um, – Is it, That's Indian. not out yet, is it? RBG? No, no. The the one with Army Hammer. The one with Army Hammer um, is coming out Christmas. So it's like – Oh, my God. It's con- competing with Ted Bundy. It's an awards movie, my <laughs> for friends. My Christmas, for my Christmas movie. It is angling <laughs> to get Felicity Jones an Oscar. That's what that movie and is I, for. I, I hope she gets it. <laughs> she was amazing um, in um, – well, Star Wars Rogue One she was in. And then she's also in um, The Theory of Everything. She plays Stephen Hawking's wife. And she's saw great. neither. Yeah. Which will not surprise you. Um. My dad sobbed through the entirety of RBG. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, he loved it. So, um, yeah, 
Did I already talk about this? I feel like I maybe think, I talked about I this think, two days ago. Yeah, I think you did mention the anecdote of your dad crying through it. So, you know, like, shout, okay. shout Felt out familiar. to Mr. Patient. But I know we talked about that, but I actually don't know if that was on, on the podcast. I never know. Whatever. It's worth repeating. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, well, so, so you went to – what theater did you see Crazy Rich Asians at? My – Usual theater is the Regal Theater in Rockville. Okay. So we sampled our neighborhood theater, mm. the West Newton Cinema, which we can walk to. Mm. What a um, dream. Yeah. It's like a little dirty, I will say. Like, it's like, <laughs> um, like, I definitely will probably exclusively see movies there from now on, but most of that has to do with proximity. Yeah. Um, and it's $12, but they only accept cash. Okay. So. That's like, a little different. Maybe, <laughs> might be run by the mob, don't know. <laughs> but, um, I mean, in, in Boston, like, there are a few places that only accept cash, and I'm like, okay, like, we know you're not just avoiding those credit card fees. Yeah. <laughs> um, although the movie theater also accepts checks. So that's always sure. an option. So yep, get those checks uh, right out. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So it was an interesting experience. Like I'm pretty sure they have two theaters total, and the theater like really hardly slopes at all. Oh, so but it definitely does slope because during the movie, a person like we sat pretty far towards the back. A person mm-hmm. behind us like spilled must have been a bucket of Skittles, which. <laughs> <laughs> rolled down the entirety of the theater <laughs> so like we could hear them like forever like all the way to the front <laughs> yeah literally but it went on for so long and i'm oh like you God. must have just not even picked up your bucket to like stop them you just like let it drain you're like whatever i didn't yeah it's for the best <laughs> well yeah. we sat opposite so i mean like i was surprised i mean i guess it's still kind of like summertime attitude um because the theater was packed for, so was ours. Especially for a Tuesday evening. I was like, um, what's going ours on? Ours was a Monday night. Yeah, we had, like, we sat very close to the front and were, like, you know, surrounded by people, which, again, great. Um, I'm glad that the movie is doing very well. Um, that's amazing. But also, um, I would have liked to sit, a, like, you know, a little far further back, personally. Yeah. I felt like we sat maybe a little too far back. My younger brother, he thinks movies are very loud, and so he loves to sit, like, back row. And I'm like, no. My vision isn't very good, and so <laughs> I'm sort of like, I can't really see. But um, I don't know. This theater, this theater also had a smaller screen than mm-hmm. I'm traditionally used to. So I like, in a typical stadium seating theater, I kind of like to be like one, like, you know, there's usually that front area that's like, you don't particularly want to sit there because it's a little close. That's where we were. <laughs> and then Got there's it. like the back, like the area that's a little further back. Yeah. That's usually there's like a partition and then there's like yeah. the more like elevated or like lofted or whatever seating. Um, so you I like, like the first three rows. Yes. I like to be like a row back from that very first row in the like back area. 
So okay. I, I like yeah, to be in like row good. like five. So it's like you're still kind of close and you get that feeling of like, oh, look at the big screen and whatnot. But it's like you're not craning your neck up. Got it. Um, but yeah, we were, we were close, but it wasn't like we were so close that it was like, I can't do this. You're not like breaking your neck. You get, yeah, you get, it's like the close where you're like, this is close, but I will get used to it and be fine. Yeah, that's fair. So. Well, I loved this movie. Oh my God, me too. I, I mean, not that. (laughs) You know, I am a white woman, so it's not as if they don't make movies for me in general. But it, like, <laughs> um, we left the theater and I was like, oh, they're just making movies for me again. Like, mainly, like, <laughs> like the rom-com lives. Like, I'm so happy. I'm so glad yeah. that they have set up this movie for, like, a Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason style sequel. And by that, I mean, like, it doesn't need a sequel, but, like, yeah. There can be one and it can still be, like, very fun and very good. Um, Because they definitely, like, did you stay, like, through the credits a little bit? No. We left immediately. Okay. So we started to leave, but then we noticed there's, like, I mean, I don't know why I'm jumping all the way to the credits. But um, there is, like, a slight hint. Like, they cut to, they cut back to the party from the credits. And you see Astrid making eye contact with a man who I would assume is the Harry? Harry. Yeah. Harry, right? Or I was like, yeah. it's either Harry or Henry. Um, I think Harry. I think it's Harry. With who I assume is that character. Because they he, they didn't have He him. wasn't in it. He wasn't in it. Um, so should, how do you want to do, do you want to talk about like differences or like what, I mean like I definitely am not one of those people who's like, oh, you know, like the, classic like literary like the book was better um or See, like I think the movie I thought I enjoyed the movie overall more than there I were things the there were things that I missed from the book yeah but I think too. they like they complement each other very nicely yeah like almost how like call me by your name the like there are things that you miss if you don't read the book but I think they're good on their own yeah, I mean, we felt differently about Call Me By Your Name. Like, I felt like the book was so far superior that mm-hmm. the movie was a disappointment to me. But, but I also, the Call Me By Your Name movie, I think, ends the way that I wanted the book to end. Well, that's also how I felt about Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> Agreed. But I also, so what I think they did that was smart is that they ended the movie, because they don't, like, so much of getting a sequel is dependent on how They're going to get a sequel. They are now. But so much of it is dependent on how does the movie do commercially. Like right. you're not going to make a sequel on a movie that bombs or a movie that gets terrible reviews unless like it's, I don't know, unless you're like a Disney movie that's like a franchise and you just don't give a shit and you're going to do it anyway. Um, But like a movie like this, like very dependent on commercial success. So they they ended the movie in a way that, like, it could be, like, this is the movie and, like, isn't that great? But it also sets it up, again, for, like, that Bridget Jones-style sequel. Like, there, yeah. there are, like, pieces that you can pick up again. But I, but I also felt... I mean, that 
the whole story and like the book itself like it's fun like yeah and and i left the theater feeling like that was really fun whereas in the book like you're left feeling like i'm feeling pretty unsettled yeah better buy the next one yeah you know i understand that but just in terms of like an experience definitely it was very fulfilling in that way yeah and i was also glad to see that like basically everything that we talked about feeling like the movie would fix about like little qualms that we had about the book yeah the movie did fix like the whole like since it's visual you don't need to go through all the describing of places you can just be like holy shit there's water going down the aisle at this wedding she is i kind of wanted during that wedding during colin's wedding when she came down the aisle I kind of wanted the water to part when she came down. Like, she was, like, parting the sea, like Moses or something. I was also concerned (laughs) that their dresses were getting very wet. But they all changed after, so it didn't really seem to matter anyway. Yeah, Brennan Brennan leaned over to me at that moment. He's like, wow, we really missed the boat on this. (laughs) (laughs) I just walked down on carpet, but... um, and we weren't even allowed to scout our petals, so. Yeah. No, not allowed. No. Um, yeah, and then I also thought they did a good job of um, making, I mean, just for the sheer fact that Henry Golding and Constance Wu are so beautiful. Man, yeah. I was like, yeah, I want them to be together. I get it. I get their whole deal. And, like, just, like, you can have them smiling at each other and being sweet and so. I thought that their relationship, like, I was behind it a lot more than I felt in the books because it was like I saw them together. I, yeah, I I felt it a lot more in the movie yeah. than I did in the book, which I think I kind of mentioned. I was like, I don't, I like, am not that invested in there. No, that, yeah, that's how I story. felt. Well, and also because, like, the Bachelor, Bachelorette section is so long and it's so broken up by other people's chapters that you really right. don't in the book get a ton of them functioning together as a couple. Right. Well, and we in also this, don't I think get they it. gave you more. Totally. And I also think I was glad that they made Rachel like pretty funny. Yeah. Like she's I didn't fun. think Rachel was funny in the book, really. No. I thought Constance I think Constance Wu is a treasure in this movie she's in great. general. She it, there are just subtle things. Like there's a scene where it's after the Bachelor Bachelorette party. And she, I thought, very refreshingly is immediately telling Nick about what happened. Because she's like, yes. just immediately and in the like. the book, she's like, no, I'm stoic and strong. I need to yeah. do this by myself. She kind of immediately is like, I'm upset you didn't tell me about this kind of stuff. You let me walk into this stuff unknown. Also, these girls put a dead fish in my bed. But she's like doing funny her body language in that scene is very funny because and she's like making faces in a way that I thought was very enjoyable because it's almost like you can see that Rachel is very uncomfortable having to have these conversations like she understands that it feels stupid but she's also like this is bother like I liked that body language of like and you also saw they were comfortable with each other in that way I also felt like I could get a lot more behind their relationship in mm-hmm. this also because I felt like Nick gave her some preparation before they arrived. Yeah. Because, like, he did basically reveal that his family was rich. 
Mm-hmm. And he did reveal, like, a little bit of details about various of his, like, members of his family, which, like, I'm not saying he gave her enough, but he gave her a hell of a lot more than he gave in the book. Well, and I also think, like, it never made sense to me in the book that Rachel wouldn't get into first class and be like, what's going on? Because he kind of waves her off and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I just, I wanted to treat us or something. And she's like, I mean, okay. Um, but in this, she I mean, kind of pushes it more in a way that I, I found more believable. And then he kind of, like, she's like, okay, that's what a rich person would say, that we're right. comfortable. Give me the right. M- more. Right. Well, and I think Nick's behavior to me was more similar to, like, somebody who knows their family's quirks, but like kind of won't admit them to the significant yeah. other, even though you both are on the exact same page. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, your mom actually really hates me. And he's like, she's just hard to get to know. But like, really, he's just making an excuse for her. But it's not like he's saying like, no, she loved you. You know, like yeah. he's not, I don't feel like he's gaslighting her. Yeah. Whereas in the book, I sort of feel like he threw her to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And so like, I felt like he had made a huge mistake. Whereas in this, I'm like, I'm rooting for Nick and Rachel, and I feel like the family is the villain, not Nick is, like, the enabler of the villain. Yeah. Well, and also you have a lot of, um, I don't know, like, empathy, I guess, for Nick's situation of, like, you see, like, he does love his family. He's been away for a long time, and so he also kind of, like, I, I think it comes through that maybe, like, part of his defending them is feeling guilty that he didn't come back kind of because he met Rachel. And Rachel's like, okay, like, I didn't know that, though. Well, that was also <laughs> not in the book, right? I don't think so. I don't think that there was, like, a big expectation. There was a there was the seed planted that he was going to inherit everything, but it wasn't that he was supposed to take over the family company, I don't think. Well, and there wasn't an idea that, like, he – had like he was supposed to come and then didn't come and then threw everyone into a spin I th- which yeah. is like how the movie set up yeah well i think there was like a like a general expectation he was going to move back and right. i think like um his ahma or ama i guess i don't know i put like uh, you made it like a like, hebrew spin on yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> not right ahma <laughs> his ahma um he she was kind of like when are you moving back here and but like in a way that like grandmothers do but so i think like there's like a general expectation as there are there tends to be in like big families that like everyone's gonna kind of eventually move home and live nearby but it wasn't like you said like a literally this year he's supposed to come back and do it right which i thought was honestly helpful Mm -hmm. that addition I thought, like, I thought it made it. Well, it also it gave made their relationship cleaner. a big sense of stakes too, where it was yeah. like he actively chose her over his family. Right. I love speaking of his family. I loved that his mother they fashioned her, and she is played in like the the Miranda Priestly style yeah. of like, you are amazing. But you are a villain. But yeah. I still love you. Because when she says, like, she cups Rachel's face on that stair. Like, she backs her kind of down the stairs. Yeah. And then 
like, because they start off, like, on the same plane, and then she kind of backs her away, so she has to go down a step. And then she cups her face and says, you will never be enough. And the way that she says it is, like, oh, my God. I think I, like, under my breath said, oh, my God, (laughs) because I was, like, just so, like, I got chills, like, in my whole body. Yeah. I mean, it was it was an amazing moment. Yeah, I thought I thought she did a great job. I also really liked um, the grandmother. Like, I felt like they like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like this grandmother's gonna be a nice grandmother, and mm-hmm. she's like actually gonna be on Nick's side. And she and then she gets you at the end. I'm like, yeah, oh, Amma, I like. <laughs> I loved it. Well, yeah, and I think that's also how it is for Rachel, though. Yeah. So I like that they set up that element of, like, because you don't see the behind the scenes of, like, when the grandmother finally is like, why are we even talking about this Rachel girl? Like, Nick's not serious about her. Yeah. I think the things that I missed were because in the book you get, you get a little bit more of the, I missed, like, the gossipy parts of the wedding, like, where Rachel got to sit with the aunt's. And they were kind of, like, gossipy about the church and, like, Oliver being a little bit more, like, like, I loved, I mean, like, in the movie, Eleanor kind of deploys him to get rid of Kitty Pong. Yes. But. God, she's the worst. <laughs> yeah, she's horrible. Um, she's more annoying than I imagined. Yeah. Um, Although I missed the scene where she comes in and just shows her nipples. Like, I exactly. thought that was Yeah, it was like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff is great. <laughs> That would have given it an R rating, though, so. Yeah. my One of my favorite things in general about a PG-13 movie is that you get to say the F word one time in a PG-13 movie, and I like movies that use it and, like, where they use it. Like, and in this, this one, like. Did this movie use it? It did. Like, so when her friend, um, Peek Lynn. Oh, my God. My favorite character. Yeah. Played by. So she's. Did you did you see Ocean's 8? No. Okay, so she's also in Ocean's 8, and she's great in that, too. Okay. Um, she's definitely a highlight. Um, but, yeah, so when she's kind of like, hey, Does she have that same hair? No, she has very long hair in that one. Okay. Um, and, um, when Nick is like, oh, did you want to come to dinner? And she's like, no, 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 I couldn't possibly impose. And he's like, oh, you know, please do. We have plenty of food. And she goes, yeah, I'll fucking come to dinner. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, I forgot. Yes. And it's like, that's such a throwaway way to use your one F word. But like, what an enjoyable way to use it. (laughs) I honestly, she was my favorite part of the entire movie. I wish that we could spend the entire time at her house with her weird family. Yeah. And, like, her I, weird brother who, like, is things, very creepy. Yeah. One of the things I did miss, though, is I liked in the book that, like, Piglin is also – she's extremely accomplished because she works for her dad. And so it's, like, she's, like, very much in the business. Whereas, like, yeah. in, in the movie, they almost made it seem like she doesn't work. And I was, like, it's maybe unfair. Yeah, although I also get the sense – that her dad would have belittled anything she did, like yeah. just to like in a teasing way. Yeah, that's true. Like not belittled, that's not what I mean, but just been like, oh, Rachel, you're a professor of economics. She just works for the family biz. Yeah, that's true. You, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I loved those that when the t- when Rachel is sad and staying at their house and the two little uh-huh. girls go around and bring her her food. Yes. <laughs> yes, so sweet. 
Um, I that I also liked a lot better. How because in the book when she's like so depressed and whatever, I was kind of like, okay, so you found out your dad's still alive? Big deal. Um, I mean, like that would be, but I just didn't understand why it was such devastating news. Well, honestly, like I, I mean, like definitely shocking. Yes, but not depressing. Yeah, whereas, like, in the movie, I think they played it, like, because when the mom comes, she's like, I thought he was the one. And so it's more like her mourning the idea of the two of them being together because she's like, I'm not about to come between him and his family. That's not fair. And so it's more her just being sad that she knows that she loves him and can't be with him. And so I was like, okay, I get, I'm, I'm with you there. That works better for me. Yeah. And then especially like with the whole like, I'm going to fly there and I'm going to meet this guy and them being like, no, you can't. He's he's not your real dad. Like, I thought that was a lot neater in in the movie than it was in the book. Yeah, although I like I also will be really interested to see how the sequel goes. Yes, because. Like, I think that both dads are going to come into play. I would think so. In the, I haven't read it yet. Um, my coworker, Jack, well, really my friend now. I don't work anymore. <laughs> and frankly, she's always a friend. But she um, told me that she read the second one in a day and liked it better than the first. Okay. That's kind of what Grace said. Where she was like, yeah, I mean, I, I like blew through the second one. I liked it a lot. So... Very interesting yeah. to know. So, I mean, it, it makes me ready to pick up number two. But, mm. um, yeah, so, because, like, they said basically that he's dead now, right, in the movie. The jail dad in the book. Maybe? I think it was more she was like, I just ran. I th- But I think they said, like, because she said, like, my dad died, like, when I was a baby. And they're like, well... What you didn't tell us was that your mom cheated on your dad before you were born. No, I think the implication is that he's still alive. They were like, that's the not jail true. Dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought in general this, um, the script was very, like, savvy. And, like, one of the things I enjoy seeing in, um, like, movie adaptations is, like, I like to see how they, like, economize a book. Where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, like... I like that um, Amanda in the movie becomes, like, at first you think she's a friend, and then she, like... Well, she pays, like, the Sophie role or whatever that Yeah, I thought that was really clever. And then, like, allowing Astrid to be at that. Like, because it's like, no, we don't need need a Sophie. Like, that's, you know, one more person we have to pay. So. Well, and it, it was also nice having Astrid have anybody to tell that her yes. husband was cheating on her because, I don't know, I, I guess, like, my one complaint about the movie is that I didn't like Astrid's storyline as much. Yeah. Like, I thought that, like, I liked the twist in the book that, like, Michael wasn't actually cheating on her. Oh, see, that didn't really work for me. I was like, eh. Like, I almost would have preferred that he was cheating. I mean, he still might not be cheating. Like, they could set that up for the next movie where she finds out. They didn't really, like, set up any of their relationship at all. Like, to Mm -hmm. me, I, like, didn't really see it. Like, I was sort of like, okay, 
like, yeah, it's sad you're getting divorced, but like, I just like didn't really see like what that would mean for them. Whereas in the book, we got so much background about like how much yeah, like a fuck you it was to her family to marry him a little bit and like Mm -hmm. how like sort of like all of the things that they did together to sort of like fight that and then it sort of made sense why ultimately the marriage didn't work out. Yeah. Whereas with this, I was sort of like, why are you cheating on her? And like, what's the problem? Like, I didn't really get it. Yeah. I just sort of felt like he was lashing out at her for like not very good reasons. Basically, she would go shopping. Yeah. Well, and I like in the book, it's it's very clearly said. Well, and like you see how in the book, it's like Astrid is playing – like, she, in Astrid's mind, she is very much trying to, like, make their marriage seem like an equal partnership, where she's, like, he wanted to yeah. live somewhere he could afford, and I was fine with that, and I did that, and, like, I, but I also love the whole, like, I loved the scene where she was, like, I realized it's not my job to make you feel like a man. Yeah, I liked that, too. And I was, like, yes, Astrid, yes, you put on those great earrings, and you go to a party. But I also think that in the book, I had more of an understanding of, like, what was special about Michael or, like, why yeah. she loved Michael. Whereas, like, in this, I'm like, okay, like, great body. Yeah, it did feel like, a lot I more – <laughs> <laughs> it did feel a lot more devastating to find out he was cheating because you did feel like they have, like, a like a Cinderella romance as well. And so you're like, oh, this is so nice. And it's, it's showing how, you know, how, like – a model for how Rachel and Nick can be too and you know it's great and then you find out he's like I'm not I can't do this yeah so I don't know so I hope Astrid gets more and like they kind of set it up with that little like end credit scene which is literally just her glancing at a hot Asian man um who I assume will be Harry gotta be um which i like also i guess like that i get part of that was the problem for me with this too is that like i loved that storyline in the book mm -hmm. but they sort of like she doesn't confront him until the wedding and so that which is kind of the finale of the i mean we're so far in time that there isn't time for the her and harry to spend time together yeah and i also think like what's devastating too in the books is that like she's like okay a lot of people have affairs like i'll just get over it you know you know i also wanted fiona eddie's wife to have her moment to shine eddie's also just not nearly as shitty as he is in the book though no i mean he's definitely annoying but like we don't get the vibe that he's abusive like he is in the book (laughs) like he just seems annoying and like you know very obsessed. We also, the other character who in neither the book nor the movie do we get much of is Alistair or whatever his name is. Is that his Wait, name? He's, oh, the, he's the um, one who, the, the other brother who's dating Kitty Pong. Yeah. He makes like, like a joke about Rachel having small boobs. And I was like, hey, that is a different Alistair that is in the books. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm glad that they cut the dog fighting scene. I was like, oh fuck, when they went on the, <laughs> to the bachelor party because they made they I, made like an allusion to it. Yeah, that, like, that's what he wanted. We don't. He's like, this isn't dog fighting. We're going to something better, and we're doing a we're going to party on a party. barge. Yeah, <laughs> in international Which I thought was waters. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun. 
Yeah. I also thought I, I loved how Colin and what Araminta, is that how you say her name? Ar- Araminta. Yeah. I loved how they were portrayed. Like that's exactly how I wanted them to be from the books. Just like yeah. they were just like how they greeted them at the airport. I was like, what? Precious angels. And that was seen in like eating. in like a Jeep I Wrangler. Yeah, like just adorable. Yeah. Oh, all of the food scenes. Which I also, like, one of the things, I loved all of that and, like, was glad that I ate before I went to the movies. But I also think what's so great about that scene in particular and all the food scenes is that it's all traditional Asian food, which I think in, like, Western culture is often regarded as, like, oh, that food is, like, smelly or, like, different from, like, cuisine or whatever. And I thought I thought well, it was, like, they're not great. showing American Chinese food. Right. I thought it was so great that it was like basically food porn of like Asian food and it was showing like how, you know, like that it's like delicious and they're getting like Michelin stars. And so I thought that was like, it's such a simple scene and we've seen scenes like that a hundred times with any kind of other cuisine. But I thought it was like really impactful that it's like Asian food that sometimes can be a little bit derided by Western culture. It's like, oh, it's like weird. And it looked great. It did look great. I wanted Yeah, that. when they were making the dumplings oh. in um, the mom's house, I was like, holy crap. Like, I wanted dumplings so I'm bad. I'm starving. <laughs> uh, the other thing, I I don't think we talked about this when we talked about the book, but one of the things I also think is really interesting is how Rachel and her mom are like, in American society, they are like what we talk about when we talk about like the American dream. And like, yes. what kind of like immigration we want? Like, her mom, like, not learned, don't say what kind of immigration we want. Basically, well, like, what kind of Donald Trump wants. Well, but not even really. I mean, because like nobody wants. I mean, I I don't know. I shouldn't. I mean, but like everybody wants like people to thrive. I think like everyone, nobody wants people to immigrate to America and not thrive. Right. Like that's like the idea is that. Like, when immigration is working well, that's what can happen, is that she could come here, like, fleeing an abusive husband and, like, find the success without losing her culture and, like, raise a daughter who becomes – and, like, still, like, knows her language – like, still knows Mandarin Chinese, but, like, is a professor. So, I like, I think it's, like – the idea, like she is like the beacon that we would hold up of like look at like how great immigration is whereas right. like but then because it's not a movie about america it's like you're never going to be enough you're basically trash and it's like oh interesting <laughs> right well but also like yeah i mean although pretty much anyone is trash unless you're like yeah amanda so which that whole scene like i thought the scene where rachel and amanda are getting massages was really well done and i was like oh Mm -hmm. amanda you are doing it i don't like you but i respect you for your methods but i thought that the scene between colin and nick was a little heavy-handed especially like when they were like cutting between the two i was like okay i get it no yeah i (laughs) Yeah, that that whole scene, I'm like, so you're going to a bachelor party and you're carrying around that ring, Nick. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never even thought about that. 
I mean, he's probably just carrying it around completely. I mean, yeah, that's that was dumb. He's like, I mean, Rachel's not going to be there. Yeah. Definitely put it in a safe. (laughs) I mean, that being said, though, I did really enjoy, like, I love a good depiction of, like, a sweet male friendship. And I thought that Colin and Nick had a very sweet friendship. I think Colin, though, like, brought not much to the table. He didn't. He was very underwritten. Like, I liked in the books, we have that whole element, like, like, he has anxiety and, like, Nick helps him and that's all sweet, but... Yeah. He was basically I, there to be like, bruh, I support you, but it's going to be an uphill battle, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, the I, I also was kind of happy not to have the whole, like, Araminta, like, hurt in her head, like, just focusing on Astra during her wedding. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't like that in the book. I was like, it, it just didn't, like, line it's like up. like, petty. To, well, it didn't line up to me either with, like, how Araminta had been presented in the earlier parts of the book. Yeah, like, where I she's was like very nice and Yeah. And also because like she doesn't we have access to the fact that Astrid's going through a kind of a hard time, but she doesn't. And so it's like right. so in our eyes it's like, hey, give her a break. Like what, why why don't you focus on your maybe wedding? Maybe she didn't day? have time to change. Yeah. Well, yeah. but in this it's like we get that great dance number. And I was like, oh yes. Yes. Yeah. They're like, yeah, like the champion swing dancers. Yeah, loved it. I loved all the music in the movie too. I thought Very the music fun. was great. Um, yeah. especially um like they had a Chinese or I think it's I think I heard somewhere that all the songs a lot of the songs are like Chinese versions of American songs. But they also yeah, well, they might just be co- that yellow cold. They did yellow. Song. They did like a couple of them where I was like, Hell yeah. Very fun. Yeah. I can't tell you how much I liked the proposal scene. Did you not Oh, like on it? the plane? Yeah. Okay, I First thought you meant the first proposal yellow. scene. I'm oh, like, no, boring. stupid. I was like, know how to read the room, Nick. You did it wrong. <laughs> I know. It's no, like, but she's, she's so depressed and, like, moody. I'm like, like why me? now? It's <laughs> <laughs> really going for broke there. <laughs> but yeah I mean loved it I love it because literally when they were going to the airport I was like oh my god are we going to be treated to an airport chase I yes, have not seen are. an airport chase in so long and I love too that they intermixed him like trying to help people in other aisles like I thought that was very endearing he's like I'm gonna you know get and like I loved yeah. that Asian woman behind Constance Wu who was like oh <gasps> I know. <laughs> and even, I don't know why, I think it, I, I turned on my um, crime show watching hat where I just didn't put together at all that Eleanor probably gave him the ring when she went to go see him. And so when he opened that and that emerald was there, I was like, oh my God. I, I literally I out loud went, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and the woman next to me was like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, very fun. Um, yeah, loved that. All set to like an Asian language version of Yellow, which I was like, I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, no, it was great. <laughs> um, I really liked that they like, 
I really liked the whole setup from the beginning of the movie that like Rachel knew game theory. Mm-hmm. And then she like plays that game of Mahjong with Eleanor. Yeah. Like I felt like that was such a like it was clean. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Well, and it's also like, like I, I felt like we got closure between them. Yeah, and I also like the idea too of like them bringing back that element of like what she taught her students and saying like we lose in poker or like in risk situations because we're afraid of like losing what we care about and so it's like you see how that is now playing out like it becomes a broader theme which I was like clever nice I like it yeah I also after the mahjong the mahjong scene um and she gets up and like joins her mom like I know (laughs) and the mom's like bitch you have not been nice to my daughter yeah, and it's, like, basically, like, you think I'm trash, but, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm a real estate agent. Yeah, and I'm a true American. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so enjoyable. One wish that I had for – actually, okay. One thing I loved about this movie is that Oliver and Peeklin paired mm-hmm. up. Oh, yes. To make her over, and I'm like, yes. Ugh. All yes. I want, all I wanted was that scene to be much longer. Yes, <laughs> I wanted yeah. many more dresses. <laughs> yeah, I liked though. I liked the idea too, though, that it was just about clothes and them getting her the right kind of clothes. Because it does annoy me in rom coms when they act like, like if they had tried to sell us on the idea that Constance Wu wasn't drop dead gorgeous, I would have been like, oh, oh yeah. Here. Because I recently, I mean, not that this was. There was no makeover involved, but I don't know why, but the two comedies I have seen with Mila Kunis in them that I can think, like Sisters, or not Sisters, um, Bad Moms, and I just saw The Spy Who Dumped Me not that long ago. I I saw that. Yeah. Believe it or not. (laughs) I don't know why comedies try to sell us on the idea that Mila Kunis isn't like stone cold hot. But they Mila were like, Kunis is, is Brendan's number one. Yeah, like she's, she's my so David many, Duchovny. Yeah, she's she's so many people's number one. And so, but I like that in this it was mostly like, yeah, Rachel doesn't know how to dress for this because she didn't grow up in like Singapore aristocracy, which right. like that which makes sense. So it's not like it's not like a Princess Diaries makeover situation. It's like no, we need to find you the appropriate dress and i liked the cinderella e aspects that they kind of brought in yeah very nice but also i just love peeklin and i wanted her yeah. in every scene that i could have her yeah so. she's great she was very fun and especially teaming her up with oliver who was all that i wanted him to be so yes exactly i was like thank god I hear brennan rattling a spoon brennan Stop. Stop I can hear your spoon (laughs) rattling. Can you close your door? (laughs) Poor Brendan. I know. He's just trying to have an afternoon ice cream and I'm yelling at him. Let me see if I have any other notes. It's become an inside joke in my family that um, after every meal, one of my sisters would be like, um... Anyone want uh, ice cream? Because Brennan would always say that. And I would be like, no, we're not having ice cream. (laughs) 
Or they'll be like, oh, anyone in the mood for a chocolate shake? <laughs> so. God love him. Um, let's see. I, I haven't referred to my notes once, but I did take some. So let's see if there's anything I missed. Um. No, I know everything I've said, everything that I wrote down, except that I want to re-highlight how beautiful Nick is. I loved your Instagram story this morning. Thank you. He was shirtless a lot. I was like, great. That's great. So I guess the, here's the real question. Who do you want to be James Bond? Oh, I mean Idris. So you'd Henry, still pick Idris? Henry Golding has to wait his turn. He um, is kind of young. Yeah, he's only 30. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I feel like, like Idris I feel like has he, been like clawing his way and being overlooked as sexiest man alive for quite some time. And... Yeah, I think also you want your James Bond to have been around the block. Yeah, I mean, it is compelling. Yeah, I mean, the idea of having, like, a young Bond is, like, a little compelling. But also, like, I mean, I don't know. Because, like, Pierce was still probably in his, like, late 30s when he was Bond, right? Yes, maybe. I have no idea. Who, Who effing knows? Daniel Craig is definitely a, an old Bond. He's aged, yeah. I mean, he's been playing James Bond for like 10 years. I mean, which is not to say, I mean, he still looks great. Yeah, but like, that he's man not. Is, he keeps trying to get out of that. He didn't even <laughs> want to do the last one. He was like, I can, I think I'm done. And they were like, mm, but we've got this contract. <laughs> Daniel. Yeah, I mean. Oh, gosh, I, yeah, I feel like I would I probably do pick want Idris, it, so, too. Yeah, but before, like, like I do want Henry Golding to be, like, the leading man in more movies. And I, like, yes. I think it was great. Because I think I was listening to Awards Chatter, and they were talking about that, I mean, a lot of the problem is, like, in order to have someone starring in, like, a major blockbuster, a lot of times they're like, well, like, what have they been in? Like, we're not going to just cast a nobody and right. so this movie is is going to be, like, a great – I mean, it's great on its own and, like, for what it does, but it's also going to, I think, like, going to open a lot of doors for, like, all of the actors that were in it. We have not seen the last of him, I'm pretty convinced. No, he's going to be in a movie with Blake Lively. Oh, Like, really? later this year. Yeah, so I think we're oh. about to see a lot of him. Oh, yeah. Is that weird, um, like, Blake Lively one where it's, like, maybe, like, with a Kendrick. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what movie I also really want to see is um, the one about the teenager who, like, goes missing and her dad. It's, like, all through social media. Yeah, which that looks interesting, but it also looks like it could get a little tiresome. Like, the fact that it's all through, like, the computer. It definitely might, but I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Like, I just think that that could end up being one of those things that's, like, the cleverness of the idea might get in the way of how good the movie is. Could be. 
Um, yeah, I I but, really want to see that Blake Lively movie though. It looks great. It looks fun. Yeah. Also, the guy who directed it, like, he directed also, like, Bridesmaids, which I'm like, seems like a change for you. But I love him. <laughs> seems like a change in mood. Um, I will say this might be controversial. Not the biggest Anna Kendrick fan. I like her. I think that sometimes, like, her shtick can get a little tiresome. Only, though, I think only because that shtick is, like, what we kind of expect women to be now. Because it's, like, yeah, this is what we like. Because, like, I think it's, like, that brand of, like, I'm quirky and adorable and, like, that whole thing. I'm, like, okay. And really nice. Yeah. Which is a little earnest for me. I'd like to see... Has she been a villain yet in anything? Um, I don't know. I mean, she wasn't necessarily, like, like the heroine of Up in the Air. And she plays Jessica in Twilight, so... Which is, like, not... Um, she's a definite highlight. Is Up in franchise. the Air that George Clooney movie that I yeah, thought was a like, pilot? deeply sad. Okay. I feel like now that she maybe has been a villain before and I'm like, you know. Not thinking of it. <laughs> yeah. Because I can, I feel like I can see her being like mean. Yeah. I mean, she's like kind villain. she's like not 100% nice in Pitch Perfect. She's like kind of mean. But like in a way that you still like her. I don't know. Well. Anna Kendrick roles you completely forgot. I'm sure Dw- <laughs> Jessica and Twilight is going to be on here. Yeah, Twilight. Up in the air. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. 50-50. What to expect when you're expecting? What? I said, oh, I forgot she was in 50-50. Yeah, she's a therapist, I guess. I've seen yeah. that movie. Is that a romantic comedy? Mm. no <laughs> okay well you can't add it to my list then all right nothing <laughs> that it, nothing that screams she was a villain to me but. villain yeah yeah i don't know she like kind of creeps me out because i think she a little bit reminds me of like a child it's definitely shocking to me that she's in her 30s like no doesn't seem like you should be that old like, don't get me wrong, I don't hate her or anything, but I no. guess I just don't, like, I, like I, she's fine. She doesn't do but, it for you. And I think that she, I think that there are a lot of people who, like, have very strong positive feelings towards her, and I just don't share them. Okay, that's fair. It's like, she's not, like, the reason you would go see a movie. Definitely not. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I but read like a also, book. It's fine. It's good. Oh, yeah, I would never read that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I would. I would read Bossy Pants. I love Bossy... You should read Bossy Pants. I love Bossy Pants. It's great. I it's probably... Her. That one's really good. Um, And, like... 
Lena Dunham's is good, but it's, like, kind of a bummer because it's, like, sad to know that, like, she had very low self-confidence. Yeah, Lena Dunham, like, in general, everything I've read of hers has been, like, good, but, like, also very depressing. Yeah, and that's kind of how I started to feel in Girls, where, like, with Hannah's character, where it was like, okay, um, but this isn't funny to me because it bums me out that you think you deserve to be treated this way. Yeah, I haven't, I have not gotten back to season four. I, like, I have literally not watched an episode of TV since I've been back in Boston. Just a busy bee. I've been really busy, yeah. Um, yeah. I was gonna say something. Oh, I read one article of Lena, Lena Dunham, or not an article, I don't know. Essay? A piece, a piece oh. that she wrote for the New Yorker, I think, that was about, like, basically her becoming obsessed with her therapist, and, like, wanting to engage with her in a way that was like not professional basically like she didn't have a crush on her but like she just wanted to like be her friend kind of Mm -hmm. or like have their lives somehow connected and so she ended up I think somehow reaching out to her daughter maybe the therapist's daughter who was her age I don't know it it, I just remember it bummed me out (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know I guess that's how I feel sometimes with Lena Dunham, where I'm just like, ah, like, stop, like, stop what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just, like, you're so self-aware. Like, Mm -hmm. use it. Yeah. Don't pull that trigger. Yeah, I agree. But also, I've been kind of interested. I'm probably going to get hate mail for this. (laughs) um, From our thousands of fans. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been kind of interested in maybe getting a hairless cat recently. No. <laughs> don't get one of those. Uh, I, I just don't, don't think that you can, like, pet it. You can pet it. It's just, like, skin. <laughs> I think it's all wrinkly and... Yeah, honestly, like... Brendan yeah. is not going to want a hairless cat. Well, Brendan's the one who's keeping me from having a hair full cat. <laughs> so, that's, like, maybe my tactic is that I'm going to say, fine, we can get a hairless cat. And then he's going to be like, yuck, we can get a real cat. Is he allergic to cats? Yes. Not, like, right, not, well. not seriously, though. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, like, a, an average. It, he would definitely, if we had a cat in our house, he would definitely grow accustomed to it and not need to take Claritin every day after, like, four months. Okay. Well, then, he, yeah, he'll be fine. That's what, that's what happened to my dad when we got a cat. Yeah, I think he'd be really fine. Um... I mean, we can't get a cat for the next three years anyway, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I also, just not to... Just let's bring it back around to my girl RBG. Mm. The idea of going to law school, treating or, like, taking care of your sick husband who has dying of cancer and also doing his law school work, and then also raising your one-year-old... Like, I'm like, I can't, I cannot take care of a hairless cat at this point in my life. Wait, her husband died, her husband didn't die when she was in law school. No, he didn't. He survived. Oh, okay. But he had cancer and lived. Wow. But, like, he was really, really sick. Like He was really young, too. Yeah. He was, like, in his 20s. Oh, my God. Um, And so he couldn't go to class, and so she would basically like organize his notes and type them up for him 
for like like doll. basically his friends would like write notes for him she would like organize them like do outlines for him mm-hmm. yeah she basically what like a- did law school for two and raised their one year old jesus i know i can't even you know consider a careless cat at this stage yeah. of my life so <laughs> I mean, I can't even get it together. Like, I was on my way home from work today, and I was like, I should go to the grocery store. Nah. Hey, right now, at this moment, I have a crock pot full of stew. There's, like, a big bang outside of my room. It was someone clapping for me that I had stew. Yeah. (laughs) But, I don't know. The reality is, is that when I have literally nothing to do, I can get it together enough but once school starts i'm like yeah i don't know when i'm gonna have time to be searing these beef chunks to put them in the crock pot yeah but i don't know anyway okay well um everyone should go see crazy rich asians if you haven't already i think it's weird you're listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it yet (laughs) also i mean if you want to like go more in depth about like, if you're like, oh, my God, I loved listening to them talk about it so much. Um, okay, they're doing so much banging. They're clearly trying to put together the um, entertainment center that we got, which, like. So oh, it's going on anyway. within your house right now. Yeah. That banging. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Pop Culture Happy Hour has a really fun episode about Crazy Rich Asians, which also is one of my favorite podcasts about like pop culture stuff. It's usually only like 20 minutes long and it's an NPR podcast. So it's very unlike fun. ours, which is always an hour and 15 minutes long. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Go see the movie. If you I, go see it again, unless you have movie pass, in which case you can't, unless you want to pay for it. Unless you want to pay. Yeah. Um, let us know what you thought of it. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.